0: Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, good morning, everyone. Great to see you today. I want to give a shout out to those who are online as well as at our Muskego campus, our Waterford campus, and obviously everyone here in Waukesha as well. I'm Pastor Rob, and it's just great to be here with you today today. We're going through a series here called Future, which is a series about forgiveness. Now, I consider myself a very forgiving person, maybe even kind of pride myself in that. Anybody else like that? As soon as I said pride, you didn't want to raise a hand, right? There, okay. Forget the pride thing, okay? How many of you are fairly forgiving people? All right, yeah. Yeah, it's good to be forgiving, right? For sure. Well, I was posed this question, maybe because of that, I'm not sure, this week. Can you remember a time when you weren't so forgiving? And right away, just like that, something came to mind. It was when these words came out of my mouth. I hate them, and I hope I never see them again in my life. Wow. I couldn't even believe that I had actually said those things out loud. But they had been going through my mind for quite some time. And it revealed what was going on inside of my heart at that time as well. You see, I realized that those words were being spoken out of pain because someone had hurt me, and it was someone that I loved, and someone that loved me. But what was happening was bitterness was beginning to sink into my heart at that point. I'm going to pose a question to you, and I want you to think about that. Have you ever been hurt deeply? How many would say, yeah, I've been hurt deeply? Yeah. Yeah probably by someone that you loved even, right? And hopefully even still love them. But you can remember being hurt and you can remember that pain. So if I were to pose this question to you and I I didn't like to go there, especially after I thought about those words I had said, I hate you and, or I didn't tell them that, I was telling somebody else, but I hate them and I hope I never see them again. And the question I have for you is this, what if... What if God forgave you like you forgive? Have you ever thought about that? What if God forgave you like you forgive others? Oh my. I'd begin to wonder, how long would it take before I'd be forgiven? What would be the things that I wouldn't be forgiven for? Or let's kind of put it in today's, you know, common vernacular, how long Would you last as God's friend on Facebook? Would you make it a whole year? Would you make it a month? Maybe a few minutes? What would it be like? Aren't you glad that we don't have to think that way? But maybe we do have to think that way. I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 6. And really want you to turn there. You're going to want to see these words for yourself. And this is a passage that I think you're also going to want to get into during this week, even after this message. Matthew chapter 6. If you have a physical Bible, Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. If you don't have a physical Bible, this is what I want you to do right now. I want you to get the Bible app if you don't have it. If you've got a smart device of any kind, a smartphone especially, because you know what? You can carry the Bible around in your back pocket now. Go to the Bible app. You can get there through the QR code. It's going to be the easiest way to get there. Go to the verse of the day, and you'll be able to get that. Otherwise, you can go to your store, I'm sure, and find it there too. But take the time, even while I'm talking here, to go there. And then when you find it, I want you to look up Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to go down to verse number 9. Now, let me tell you this. As soon as I start reading this passage, many of you are going to be like, that sounds really familiar. Some are going to go beyond the familiarity. You're going to say, I could quote that or at least most of it, there might be a few words that are different. You see, the context of this is Jesus was preaching his greatest sermon, or what many would say was his greatest sermon, called the Sermon on the Mount. He would also repeat this later on, because it was probably a repetitious prayer. And it would come as a result of his followers saying, hey Jesus, would you teach us to pray? And so we see that, the Sermon on the Mount part of it, In Matthew chapter six, beginning verse number nine. This then is how you should pray. And feel free to jump right in here. If you know this, you're gonna find some words coming to mind probably right now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Anybody, does that ring a bell? Okay, and maybe, maybe say that every week for a good portion of your life, possibly. Yeah. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Wow, very powerful, very powerful prayer, right? How many have prayed that prayer before? We have, right? Probably every single one of us have. Now, have you ever paused at verse Number 12. Have you ever paused at verse number 12? Because that's the one that talks about forgiveness. Right? So let's pause there and let's read it together. Together. Ready? And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Wait a minute. Did I just hear what I thought I heard? That can't mean what it says, right? Anybody else? Like, I hope that does not mean what it says because count up the amount of times you've prayed that prayer and every single time, what have you asked God to do? Well, it can't mean what it mean, what it says, right? So let's just take a few of the important words there. As, does as really mean what as says? As means like. Anybody getting a little uncomfortable with that word right there already? Ready? Like, as means like, forgive. Well, maybe forgive doesn't really mean what I think forgive means. Forgive means release. We got one more. Maybe it's that debt. He's talking finance, right? Only finance, only, only finance here. No. In fact, you may have another word that you learned. What was it? Trespasses. Anybody have trespasses come to mind? What do debt and trespasses mean? Sin. So even if we were to insert those words instead of the words we we have in front of us, what do we have? We have something like this. God, would you release us from our sins like we have released those who have sinned against us? And that's how Jesus tells us to pray. So what does that mean? Wow, that means if you're going to pray this prayer and Jesus tells us to pray this prayer, we had better make sure we have our act together, right? We had better make sure we are forgiving because if we're not forgiving others, we're asking God to forgive us just like that. That is sobering, isn't it? Oh my goodness. What's going on here? Wow. Jesus is saying To the forgiven, because that's who he's talking to here. Those who have trusted in Christ's forgiveness. He's saying, if you are a Christ follower, the forgiven now forgive. We need to do it, we need to take it very, very seriously. How many times have I prayed that prayer? And maybe just skimmed past that point. Now, if it's not clear enough, let's go down a little bit further. Gets even better. And this isn't really a necessary part of the prayer, but it's kind of a commentary on the prayer, right? And it's funny how he only picks out the part about forgiveness. But drop down to verse number 14. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Let's just stop there, because you don't want to go to the next part. Oh, we better, okay? For if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wait, what? You gotta be kidding me. God doesn't forgive like I do. No way. This can't be, right? He's God. Yes, he is God. And you might be thinking, well, God, my God at least, my God forgives everything and everyone. Then what is he saying? And why is he saying it more importantly here? He's given us a truth, but we don't want to confuse things. He is forgiving and very generous with it. But make no mistake, he's not saying this. He's not saying you are saved by how well you forgive others. It's not what he's saying. We know this about God God gives a gift. Of salvation. So he's not talking about salvation here. You see, forgiveness is even a gift. It's a gift from Jesus, is what it is. And it's one that he paid for for you so that he could give it to you. And he gives it freely. He does. But along with that gift comes another gift. He says, Inside that gift, I have another gift for those who have been forgiven. You get this gift along with that one. And that is, now you have the ability and the responsibility to forgive others. This is a gift to you from Jesus. You might be saying, I don't know if I want that one. Can I just have this one and forget this one? And God's saying, no. No. You can't. You don't forget this one. He's saying, doesn't mean that not saved it doesn't mean that you're not my child put in human perspective right you mess up against your parents does that keep you from being their child no even if they disown you you're still their child but it changes the relationship and that relationship will no longer move forward meaning there is no longer a future for that relationship anymore until forgiveness is given That's what God's telling us. He's saying, this is of utmost importance here. It's a truth. And we have to live in that truth. God's not threatening us. It's not what he's doing. But he's bringing us to a point that we have to see the gravity of all this. He's not telling you, just get over it, either. And sometimes it can feel like that. Yeah, just forgive. Just forgive. Sounds easy, doesn't it? It says, if God doesn't know what's gone on in my life, it says, if He doesn't know the pain, and some of us live in some deep pain, some very big hurt. And God's saying, yes, even that hurt I died for. Jesus already suffered for that. So stop the suffering. Don't live in unforgiveness. Do not live in bitterness any longer. Jesus paid for that. He suffered on the cross for that as well. Do not live in that anymore. So why do we? Why? Why do we go ahead and rehearse those things over and over in our minds? I want you to think about this. Here's one of the reasons I believe that God says we need to forgive. Have you ever noticed you can't experience the fruit of the Spirit? And if you're not sure what the fruit of the Spirit, it's things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Have you ever noticed that it's really, really hard? I don't think it's just really hard. I think it's impossible to hold. Let's just take one of them. Try your hardest to hold Peace to hold peace, grip it, hold on to it, and at the same time, rehearse your hurts over and over and over again. Is that even possible? Hold, hold on to love as tight as you can and rehearse the pain that that person you're trying to love has caused. It's not possible. So he's saying you've got to release it Or you won't live in the fruit of the Spirit, what God wants for you in that relationship and in a relationship with him, because unforgiveness of any kind affects every relationship that we're in. It spills over into all of our relationships. You can't keep it just pointed in one direction at one person. It will impact so many, and it will impact your relationship with God himself. So here's the question. Do you want God to forgive like you do, or do you want to forgive like God does? Let me say that again. Do you want to forgive, or do you want God to forgive like you do, or do you want to forgive like God does? Now, here's the cool thing. You don't have to choose one or the other, because you can have both. You can have both. That's what God is trying to bring out here is he wants us to have both. You see, the forgiven, they forgive. So, how do we do that? Well, before we do that even, with the gift of forgiveness, we have to realize, like I said, that there's another gift that comes along with it. But we also have to realize it's not very natural, is it? Not at all. It goes against human nature to forgive. It's supernatural. It's something we have to lean into God with or you probably won't end up doing it. And if you find yourself struggling to do it, you have to ask if you've leaned into God and his forgiveness. Have you received his forgiveness first? So when it comes to being sinned against, there are some things that come natural, right? Tell me if this comes natural. How about vengeance? Anybody think vengeance comes natural? Yeah, when you're sinned against, you want to get payback, right? How about something like bitterness? Bitterness is natural, right? Another thing I find natural is comparison. Comparison becomes natural where we start to to compare the wrongs that others have done to us with the wrongs that we do to others. It's just very natural to do that. But the problem is with the things that come natural, they don't result in forgiveness, When I evaluate others, I notice something. That the things that they do, they're huge. But the things I do, they're itty, itty, bitty, right? Have you ever noticed that? When you compare, that's what happens, right? I thought, how can I illustrate this? Do you realize everybody wears binoculars? You have some. You have them on right now. And this is what we do we look, and you know what it does? You know what binoculars do? They magnify. Yeah, you up in there in the balcony, you didn't brush your teeth quite good enough there, okay? <laughs> all right? They magnify. They're like, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Did you, did you have a hot dog for breakfast? Man, a little mustard there. They blow everything up to the point that that's all we can see and we can zoom in. Yeah. That's how I treat other people's wrongs against me. I blow them up. I make them big, but mine, I use the same binoculars. You know that I use them. I use them just like this. Wow. Wow. Nothing to see here. Keep moving. Nothing to see here. So small. So, so small, man. I can't even believe. I can't believe you made a big deal about that. I can't understand, I can't understand. I can't understand why my wife and kids say, would you stop yelling? I'm not yelling, what do you mean? That's just how I grew up, that's how we communicate in our family. Me yelling, no, I don't have an anger issue. What are you talking about? But my wife, you ever hear that term? Oh man, oh man. I better look at the camera, right, for this one. Hey, hon, out there at Muskego. Okay, yeah. If looks could kill. You ever hear that term? Oh, man, if looks could kill. How many people has she killed? Oh, I can't even imagine. <laughs> right? I'm in big trouble. I already know it. Okay? <laughs> Work. I, I just can't understand. Man, why, why do my... Why do my coworkers say I'm a thief? Just because I come in a half hour late, I take another extra half hour for lunch, you know? I mean, come on, that's just a small thing. Everybody does it. It's not a big deal. But man, that guy who's over at my house and stolen that dishwasher this last week, oh, what he charged me, man, that's highway robbery. I can't believe it. And he calls himself a Christian. Can you believe that? See what comparison does? It never gets to the point, does it? Never. Never results in freedom, ever. Because it never gets to forgiveness. We don't offer it. We don't think somebody deserves it. And so we skip it. You're wearing your binoculars right now. You are. And you're using them probably right now. Or you will be a little bit later. It might take a while, but you'll pull them out and you'll start to compare. You may even compare your forgiveness to somebody else's. You know what the sad thing is? You may even compare God's forgiveness with yours. Or you may have come to the conclusion that pain that you've been caused is bigger than Jesus suffered for ouch ouch God saying it's not true don't live there anymore don't live there any longer wow you see comparison has this way about it comparison has a way of minimizing my sin while maximizing others would you say that with me Comparison has a way of minimizing my sin while magnifying others. We have to recognize that. We will not forgive if we continue down that path. So how do I say no to the things that come natural, like bitterness, like comparison even? How? How do I forgive like God forgives? Well, how does God forgive? That's the question, right? What does that even look like? I want to give you some simple pieces. Not simplistic, but things that help me to understand God's forgiveness. Where we mess up is this. I shouldn't say we. I shouldn't pull you all into my stuff, right? Where I mess up is this. I don't forgive when I don't forgive. It's because I don't feel like it. But forgiveness is not about a feeling. See, God didn't wait for a feeling in order to forgive. God's forgiveness was never based on a feeling. You might say, how do you know that? I want to read a passage where Jesus actually tells or asks his father to forgive others. And I want you to think about the feelings that might have been going through him as I describe where he's at. He's hanging on a cross with nails put through his hands and his feet. And a crown of thorns on his head and his back and body was beaten so bloody that it was hard to tell that he was even a human. And as he hung on that cross, Luke tells us in chapter 23, Jesus said this, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Do you think Jesus felt like saying that at that point? I don't think so. I don't think so. You see, it wasn't based on a feeling. It was based on a decision that he knew that he had to make or every one of us would go to hell. He knew that it can't be based on what he felt like at that point. Imagine this. That one disturbs me a little bit. The one that says this. Hey, hey, Jesus, as he's being beaten and slapped around. Hey, Jesus. As he hung on that cross, hey Jesus, if you're the Son of God, if you're the Son of God, come down off that cross. You know where I would have been at that point? I would have been in their face at that point, saying, You don't know who you're talking to right now, but not Jesus. Jesus didn't give in to that feeling. He didn't give into a feeling of revenge. He didn't give into a feeling of hatred. He didn't give into pride that would say, I can't believe that they don't understand who they're talking to right now and they're questioning it even. I'll show them he didn't give into that. Instead, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. God's forgiveness is not based on a feeling. It's based on a choice. Ours must be as well. Also, this is what I know about God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness knows no limits. No limits. He puts no limits on them. Look at this psalm, it's beautiful. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. Anybody like, oh man, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Now get this, it gets really good here. He begins to describe something that just is mind-blowing when he says this. He says, for as high as the heavens are above the earth. Anybody know how high that is? Somebody give me a foot, you know, a mile. What what is it? No, we have no clue, right? Because it goes on forever and ever and ever. So he's saying, that's how great his love for those who fear him is. Yes, we need to fear him. That's what it's telling us. Catch this next part. This this one, this will make your mind spin. How good are you at directions? Okay, is that east? I think that's east, right? For as far as the east is from the west. Have you thought about that? How far is it? An inch? Miles? It's forever. It doesn't end. You can't get to how far the east is from the west because it just keeps going and going and going. He says, that's how far. That's how far I remove your transgressions from you. There are no limits. There are no limits. I'll take them away. He says, and I want you to do the same. Do not put limits on your forgiveness. Do not. Be willing to remove, to take it away. How else does God forgive? He leaves no room for bitterness. None. Zero. He has a no-tolerance level for bitterness. He will not become bitter. He tells us in the book of Ephesians, along with many other Descriptors of anger here showing the danger of it when he says this get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. I think we can all find ourselves somewhere in there. He says, Do the flip of that, the hard part, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. How would you say it with me? Just as in Christ, God forgave you. He reminds us, He gave us a gift. He gave us a gift. In fact, he gave us more than one, right? He gave us more than one. Because with that gift of salvation, the forgiven, now forgive. It's a gift. And it's not just a gift for the person that you forgive. It's a gift for you so you no longer have to live in bitterness. So you no longer have to keep going back to that same place over and over and over again because God said there is no room No room for bitterness. This last one, it's, again, so hard to understand, but I am so grateful for it. How does God forgive? God's forgiveness was determined before the offense ever took place. Isn't that amazing? We can learn something from that. Think about if you made a determination to forgive another person before they ever even sin against you, how much easier it would be by the time they got there if they ever even get there. That's the way God did it. Say, what? What? No, Jesus, that's a past thing. You're right, before you ever sinned, right? (laughs) He paid for it. He forgave when you came and asked for it, because he determined ahead of time that that's what he was going to do. Beautiful passage, Romans chapter five, verses six through eight, tells us this, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely, I love the logic here, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Anybody wanna die for a righteous person? If I'm gonna die for someone, that's probably who, but no, I, I don't wanna die. I don't. He he goes, Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. You might. If someone's really good, you might. If it's your kids, right? Well, maybe they're not good. I don't know. So, okay, right? But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Would you read the next part with me? Let it sink in. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He determined ahead of time before you committed the act, before you had the thought, he made a decision. When you come to me, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to, because I determined ahead of time my son would die for that. He would suffer for that. But what do we do? Pastor Guy brought this up a few weeks ago. We hold on. We hold on tightly. You owe me. You owe me. And we keep rehearsing it over and over and over again in our own minds. Sometimes we'll speak it out loud to others. And God's saying, you need to rip it up. And we're like, no, I think I'll just hold on to it for a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And God's saying, but I forgave. I forgave. Is there someone that you need to forgive? Is there someone? First, have you received God's gift of forgiveness? Have you placed your faith, your trust in him? Have you asked him to to be a part of your life and to lead your life, to be Lord of your life? Have you done that? If not, in just a little while, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that, to speak to God and ask him for that forgiveness for your sins, so that you can have relationship with him. Before I do that, I want to speak to another group. You're forgiven already. You know it. You're a Christ follower, but you're still believing that you can hold a UO card. You owe me. You still believe you can hold that and have no impact on your relationship with God or anybody else. Trying your hardest to be a good Christian except for this point right here, because you don't want to let it go. You want to hold on to it. It's like God's trying to say to you once again, let it go. I held on to a UO card. I told you I did. And it wasn't just for days. It wasn't just for weeks. And it wasn't sadly just for months. It was for years. It was for years. God finally got a hold of my heart said, you don't wanna live like that anymore. So I took that UO card and I ripped it. I said, I'm not gonna live in unforgiveness. It's so many years later that that person came and asked for forgiveness. We don't always get that luxury, but we still need to rip up that UO card. Is there someone in your life that you need to forgive? Will you? Will you forgive? Or are you gonna wait? Are you gonna wait until you feel like it? We need to let it go. And so if you're a Christ follower already and you're holding on to that UO card, I'm gonna ask you mentally to rip it up, to take that time of prayer to let God know that you are releasing that unforgiveness and that person from what they owe you, because they do owe you probably. Maybe you need to take it a little deeper because it runs so deep. We have those UO cards up here. If you want to come up even and take one and take it and rip it up as that sign of I'm making this choice today. Would you pray with me? If you're here today and you've never received that gift of salvation, Jesus has been waiting for you. He died for your sins and he wants you to come to him. And if you're ready to right now, then just let God know that. Would you just pray maybe something like this? Dear God, I know it's my sin, Lord. My sin is what broke our relationship. But I understand and I believe that Jesus went to the cross and through the shedding of his blood, he died for me so that I could be saved. And I'm gonna receive right here and right now that gift, that gift of forgiveness, that gift of salvation. Heads bowed, eyes closed, if that's you, and you'd say, hey, I'm trusting Jesus as my savior today, would you just raise your hand, just indicate that with a raised hand? All right, yes. Those who might be online, just let us know in the chat as well. Those at our campuses. With heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here, And you'd fall under that category of forgiven, not just today, but maybe it was years ago, but you've been holding on to a UO that you need to let go of. And you're making that decision today to do that, to live in forgiveness. You don't even know how it's all gonna happen, but you are making that decision today. Would you just indicate that with a raised hand right now? Again, at our campuses, let us know in the chat, okay. All right, thank you, thank you. Lord God, we praise you for being one who determined ahead of time that you would forgive when that time came. God, that time has come. I pray you to help each one, Lord, who's trusting you as Savior today to live that out. For those, God, who have committed to forgiving others, God, that you'd help them live that out. And then, God, for those who don't see that path forward yet, that you'd help them, God, to see that there is much more to this life, God, than holding on to those deep hurts, God. I pray that you'd comfort them and help them, Lord, to be able to make those decisions. Praise things in Jesus Christ's name. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast. Run, run, run,